you're not submitting to him right you're submitting to the way god designed the universe you're submitting to the laws of the universe which you do all the time and never think right. about it but you're also submitting to your feminine nature okay you're you're being subject to how that works you're being subject not to him this guy joe right so god's put him in my life and i said yes and now i'm being tortured by joe telling me what to do no no, no that's not it at all that's not submission what submission is is saying this is how god's designed me this is how god designed him and this is what's driving him and this is how he and, and so i need to be aware of that and be aware of this so being subject to is trying to see the submission this being subject to bring about the fullness of this partnership that god desires us to have Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast that focuses on coaching you in the growth of your faith. Our world is struggling to find peace in the midst of all this chaos, direction in the midst of all this aimlessness, and purpose in the midst of no meaning. We are challenging everyone to take time to think about the point and purpose of your life. Then you will know what you believe and why you believe it. This leads to a stronger faith, and this is how you find peace, hope, and love in this world. My name mm -hmm. is Jess Mayer. I'll be your host, but we cannot do this without the one, the only, the Salty Pastor himself. <laughs> Himself, Dr. <laughs> Douglas Peake. Welcome, everybody. It's good to be with you. I hope the Salty Crew is fired up as we bring a conclusion to this series. We boldly uh, sailed out into these waters, <laughs> and we have learned, we have grown, and uh, we're pretty excited about the uh, all the feedback that we've been getting, particularly from women who are saying... Uh, Hey, I was a little concerned and you have exceeded my expectations. You I've learned like so that. much and it's been really good. So I'm pretty excited about that so far, but we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Yeah, absolutely. This is our last seat, uh, week on this series for women. And we've been looking at what the Bible has to say specifically about women. And I think yeah. that's what's really been resonating the most with women is it's not you up there as an old white right. guy giving your opinion <laughs> on women. You're saying, this is what the Bible says. I'm just yes. here to help convey those things to you. So the entire purpose of the series was to help women figure out for themselves how to grow stronger yeah. in their own faith. As a salty pastor does with everything he, you started with the biblical principles first, then just helped apply them to life. The mm -hmm. promise of Jesus in John 10, 10 is for every woman. Jesus is promising a more full, more satisfying, more joyful, more secure, and more meaningful life. This series was all about applying the biblical principles that help women experience the life Jesus is offering them. Yeah. So here is the challenge. Many women believe in Jesus, are following Jesus, but wonder why they're not experiencing this abundant life in their marriage. So mm -hmm. on Tuesday, you challenged women to consider that it might have something to do with the dreaded S word, <laughs> submission. The dreaded S word. Well, I think one of the reasons why people don't experience the wellspring of life Jesus offers is because we don't wrestle with the deeper things of God, right? There's some really deeper issues. Mm. And we allow our culture, the world, to influence us to the point where we just kind of throw out the teaching of the Bible. We say, oh... It's not applicable. Uh, it's that, not relevant for a different time. Yeah, for a different time, different people. And well, actually, it wasn't. It's not a book on cooking recipes. 
right? Of, of the early. <laughs> yeah, it's not a book on, you know, environmental management or uh, civil engineering on how to build roads and bridges. Mm. And those things have changed, right? It's not a, a cosmology book that tells you what the stars are. And that's not it at all. What it is, is it's, it's all about the definition of what it means to be a human being. Mm-hmm. What is your actual nature? Yes. And so that is something that hasn't changed in 10,000 years, let alone 2,000 years. And what is the actual answer to our condition as human beings? What What is the best way to explain why we are the way we are? And I think that's why it is so powerful to focus on the teaching of the Bible, particularly in this case, uh, modern-day womanhood. Uh, if we throw the Bible out, it steals from us the opportunity to grow and develop convictions, right? So we have to wrestle with the deeper things of God to develop convictions because convictions are key to the wellspring of life. They are the thing that anchors you in the midst of the storm, and it is the compass that guides you in the proper way to navigate life. Mm. One area I see this happening most often that people don't wrestle with the deeper things of God, it has to do with money. This is a big one. People just ignore the teaching on it. And then they end end up really unhappy or really, you know, sad and feeling abandoned by God. When God specifically says in the scripture, this is your human tendency, this is your human nature, so money is important and powerful, but it also can deceive and bind you, so you got to be, you got to follow the principles. Otherwise, you're going to find yourself in this massive hole and then say, God, why'd you do this to me? Well, God didn't do that to you, right? Ignorance did, and so that's really important to understand. If you wrestle with the teaching on money and but uh, you learn and grow. But if you don't wrestle with it, you don't work through it, guess what? You'll rob yourself of the convictions necessary to be really successful with money in your own life. In the same way, I think women who are unwilling to wrestle with the idea of submission, to dig into it, to see what Jesus is really getting at, end up robbing themselves of the convictions necessary to have a happy and fulfilling marital relationship. Mm. I think it also really negatively impacts your dating because what happens is you end up, this is, I wish I had time to go into this, but if you don't understand the point and purpose of submission and how it works and what it's actually attempting to do in you, guess what happens is you end up dating guys and you, you are attracted to all the things that are irrelevant to having a great marriage. Mm. And so you, you get the idea that you wanted, but then you're so unhappy when you finally realize, oh, this really has nothing to do with what I really needed. So, and that's, that's how society really deceives us, right? And so I, I think it's really important for women to wrestle with this idea and uh, dig into it in order to be happy in their, to pick well in their dating life to date well and to fall in love well and to get married and stay married. But in our world today, the principle of submission is something that is really difficult to understand. So you really need to dig into it and wrestle with it in order to develop the proper convictions. Well, and I think, I mean, just to clarify, you're not asking women to do anything that we don't ask everyone to do every single week, which is correct. You present something and here on the salty pastor, or whether it's a sermon on Sunday, you say, here's what the Bible says. Here's what 
um, the, the agreed upon interpretation of that is and what God has said to you. Now go out and figure out what that means in your life, right? Yes. And that's no different than any other thing that we ever talk about in Correct. a sermon or in the salty pastor. And so what you're asking is for married and single women to go out and wrestle with and work through this biblical principle of submission in their own life so that they don't miss out on the core values and the, the spiritual maturity that's produced from yeah. having an understanding of what that means in their life and in their marriage, if that's something they're in. Yeah, that, that is so true. And I think, you know, the principle of submission, let's really kind of review real quick from Tuesday, is, is uh, uh, comes from the word be subject to, okay? And so if you believe that relationships are simply power hierarchies, mm -hmm. and this is the idea uh, that really comes from cultural Marxism and a lot of this critical theory that's been seeded into our culture. All of feminism today is based on cultural Marxist ideology. I don't know how many people are aware of that, but that is like third wave and third wave feminism. Yeah. Well, I, well, second wave started it. Second right. wave adopted it. And so the third wave is even wackier than cultural Marxism. If you really want to know the truth, but in the end, the, the principle of submission in your marriage is really uh, a negative thing if you view all relationships as power hierarchies. And so as soon as you hear the word submit, then that's a negative. You reject it out of hand. So, so then how does submission lead to a better power arrangement? It can't, right? Because it's about power. Right. But what if being subject to actually refers to something more than simple power hierarchies? Okay. What if it's referring to something totally different? And this is where our, I think our discussion today is going to be is going to be tough. And I really am asking ladies to listen to this and struggle with it, wrestle with it for themselves. Like what I think, as you said earlier, is pretty irrelevant. This is what the Bible teaches. And then I'm trying to illuminate beyond what society has tried to control your thinking a little bit in this mm -hmm. regard. And then you got to wrestle through it and figure it out yourself. But um, what I would do is the very first thing I would say to ladies is that if, if being subject to actually refers to something other than simple pie, uh, power hierarchies, then you have to ask yourself, number one, why am I so resistant to submission with my husband? And why is it when I hear that word or men bring it up, my hackles raise. Yeah, and the I, hair on the back of my neck stands up. Yeah. Why? The, the question isn't whether they do it or not. That's not the point. Maybe you have legitimate reasons for that. My point is, why does it make you so upset? Why are you so resistant to it? Now, Peter gives clear instruction, and we read this on Tuesday, on how to do it, right? How to submit to be subject to in uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And what's really interesting is he finishes his teaching off with the following phrase. He goes, as Sarah obeyed Abraham and called him Lord, you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. That last phrase, I think, is so interesting in regards to submission. Do what is right without being frightened by fear. One of the things that hinders women, just like men, we're all the same in this regard, is that our fears stop us from moving forward in life, mm. and that includes spiritual growth, okay? The last phrase, I think, is critical to understanding the whole teaching because if you take the time 
to explore why you have a resistance to submission, that might be the most healing thing, ladies, you do in your life and for your marriage. Because more than likely, your resistance is rooted in some type of fear or distrust of men who have hurt you in the past, right? Maybe that first crush or that first date, or it could have been in your own family of origin with brothers or siblings or uncles, and it could, it could even amount to something really tragic and horrific, like some type of abuse as a child, you right. know? He says, so, so I'm saying that your feelings are completely legitimate. I'm not in any way discounting your feelings or your experience is saying it didn't matter. No, I'm saying the opposite. It mattered so much that it's now created a fear that influences all your future. It's now holding you back. Exactly. And so the key would be to dig in why, is that, oh, well, my resistance to the notion of submission might be, I'm not saying it always is, but you have to do this for yourself, ladies, rooted in some type of past experience that I haven't healed or let God heal in me so that I can move forward in freedom and enjoy the wellspring of life in all my relationships, but particularly the relationship with my husband. Yeah, I think, I mean, even beyond just the submission thing, like these kind of previous hurts can limit you in so many different ways, right? Like I think of um, people and I'm struggling for the word right now, but the people that they're so agoraphobics who are so afraid yeah. of the outside world that they just basically lock themselves in the house. Yes. And in some ways you can do that relationally where you lock your heart down, you lock everything right. down so much and you always have to be in control that you are now keeping yourself from a great adventure out mm -hmm. beyond that right yeah. and and obviously you have been you've dealt with things right yeah. we can't understand what women go through as much as we try we can't do that mm -hmm. and so but what we do know is that across the board fear can limit you from experiencing true happiness adventure joy things of this nature and you have to decide whether that's something you're experiencing in your own life right now is an overwhelming fear of what could potentially happen if I let yeah. someone else. Which be. you saying that reminds me of that song by Simon and Garfunkel, you know, that Paul Simon wrote, I am a rock, I am an island. And he, the, the lyrics are, I am alone grazing from my window to the streets below on a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow. I am a rock, I am an island. I built walls, a fortress deep and mighty that none may penetrate. I have no need of friendship. Friendship causes pain. It's laughter and it's loving I disdain. You know, and then at the very end, he goes, a rock feels no pain and an island never cries. Yes, That really, I mean, he captures what you're talking about right. very poetically. And so I guess what I want to hear from you, Pastor, is what is one of the new things that women can learn from the Bible that will help them impact their marriage if they're in one now or in their future if they do get married? How, what, what can they learn from the Bible that will help? make a huge impact in their life. Well, I think you need to explore the authentic meaning of be subject to. And this is going to be hard to do because you've been trained to think a certain way, mm -hmm. just like guys have. And we, we don't understand this is that submission being subject to, and you're like, okay, is it just referring to power hierarchies? This is what cultural Marxism that has been is being taught in all of our private schools, our universities, public and private, and the government-run school system, often referred to as our public schools. It's really interesting. Is that uh, am I subject to 
power hierarchies only, or is the Bible have a broader definition? Am I subject to the natural laws of the universe? I have not escaped gravity yet, so I feel right. like that's am pretty... I Am I subject to the laws of masculine and feminine? Is there a difference between them at some level? And here's where things get really interesting, I believe. I'm always saying to Salty Pastor audience that the problem in our world today is that it teaches people a way of thinking, right? Not necessarily what to think. So our society has a powerful strain of cultural Marxism, which I've said before, uh, that runs through it, and all feminist ideology is based on this cultural Marxism. And the primary tenet of cultural Marxism is that all relationship are power hierarchies. And so, for example, let me illustrate it this way. There's a period of time when a, women were insulted if a man were to open the door for them because the belief was this is an insult to a woman. You're saying she's not strong enough to open the door for herself, right? But is that really the point of opening up the door for a woman, right? No, no not at all. It was something totally different. And so um, the, the issue then becomes this. What if Marx was wrong? Not only what if he was wrong, what if he was evil? What if what he was saying and teaching and postulating he was doing for nefarious purposes? Now, we see this on a political level, is that his philosophy was evil. It, in the 19th and or in, well into the 20th century, the 1900s, the largest amount of pe- human beings killed b- through political va- violence, the more people, let me phrase it this way, more people were killed in the 20th century in war and through political violence than all of the centuries of recorded human history prior to that added up. Mm. It was massive in the hundreds of millions of people. And so his position, obviously, very evil. Not just wrong, but evil. And what I find really interesting about that is that um, is that what if without your permission or your consent ladies you were taught to think in a culturally marxist way without ever realizing it would this would this ladies this narrow-minded insidious and dare i say stupid way of thinking hinder you from expanding your mind considering new possibilities discovering new knowledge that has a dramatic impact in your life i think it would what new knowledge you might ask well the knowledge of the universe Because what if human beings and their interactions, known as relationships, have ingrained natural tendencies in them? What if we aren't what Karl Marx likes to say, equal, meaning the same? What if we aren't what ideology that communism teaches and and cultural Marxism teaches, that we are interchangeable parts? There's nothing unique about males or females. Of course, I believe this is just plain stupid that uh, but this is what is being taught to our children every day in our school systems both private and government run what if the universe is actually governed by natural laws laws like electromagnetism gravity the law of physics and thermodynamics and i could go down the list you know all of these laws you follow these laws you know that the law of uh bernelli's law which is what actually gives planes lift every time you travel on a plane anywhere you're depending upon this law right, right. that allows a plane to fly yeah you know you may not understand it you may but you've learned to trust it right you get on the plane and then you wonder why the seat is so small you know (laughs) kind of a thing so my point is is that there's all of these laws that govern the universe these laws also 
govern human beings, and they govern male and female. There are many laws that we never think about that we are subject to, and yet we still subject ourselves. Now, when someone defies these laws, we call them crazy. Like when someone says, hey, I can fly without wings. I don't, I, you know, I, I can just levitate, and they leap off a building. What do we say? You're that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Th- that's crazy. Um, there, there were these people for a while that said, well, we're breathitarians. Do you remember when we talked about the breathitarians? Nope. We did a long time ago. Th- this was people who believed that they gained sustenance just by breathing. So they, they don't have to eat, drink water or eat food. They obviously have gone away now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're eating food somehow. Yeah. They're nuts. You see, we call people who defy these laws as crazy. And yet what we do is there are laws and psychologists have even confirmed these between masculine and feminine. And yet we defy these laws every single day in our relationships and yet none of us think it's crazy. And yet that's what we do. But, but you see, what God has done is, is he has said, look, don't listen to this cultural Marxism that says that this doesn't exist and you're just an interchangeable cog with males and females. It doesn't work that way. The feminine is valuable simply because it is a reflection of the image of God. So when you subject yourselves to the laws that govern the feminine and you subject yourselves to the laws that govern the masculine, then you're acting intelligently, wisely, knowledgeable, factually, and I would even say scientifically, right? Yeah. All because you've put off this idiotic cultural Marxist notion. You've rejected that, and now you are able to understand, oh, what am I? Subje- what does it mean to be subject to? It's not a power hierarchy that oh, a decision needs to make and he's the boss of me. No, you're, you're actually saying, well, how do the laws of the universe work? And how do the laws of the masculine work? How do, what, what are the, what's the nature of the feminine and how does it work? How do they interact with each other and influence one another? So it's this massive, massive thing that the Bible is saying be subject to. The meaning is so much more broader from a biblical standpoint. You see, the Bible has a definition of who you are, and I guarantee you it is much more broader than the materialistic, atheistic, culturally Marxist definition of what it means to be a human being. God's definition of you is so much bigger and broader and more important than you could ever imagine. Mm. So subject to means that I am subjecting to God's definition of who I am and how the world works that I'm actually fully aware of your feminine. Let me rephrase that. I use my pronouns wrong. (laughs) You are fully aware of your feminine characteristics and qualities. You are fully aware of the masculine characteristics and qualities. So being subject to them means you're fully aware of the influence of sin on the masculine, while at the same time, you're fully aware of the influence of sin on the feminine due to the fall. So the end result of all this knowledge and wisdom is that you employ the feminine, uh, the image of God within you to achieve the deepest desire of your heart. Let me, re- let me say that again. What you're doing, the end result is you take all this knowledge and wisdom and then you employ it through God's image in you to achieve the deepest desires of your heart heart. This is why submission is the key that unlocks 
right? Mm. Harmony and love and all that stuff, as opposed to being the thing that steals it from you. Right. Okay? Because it's so much broader than just, oh, we have to do what this person says or not say because it's a power hierarchy. No, no, it's not. It's, it's a knowledge of how the entire universe works and how you fit in it and where you're at. And so you take all this knowledge, all this experience, you bring it all together, and you say, wow, I'm going to employ it to follow God's feminine image within me, fully aware that the fall creates tendencies that I need to over or I need to compensate for so they don't influence me in order that the deepest desires of my heart are fulfilled. Now you can see how the feminine, it's designed to influence, it's designed to interact with, it's even designed to guide and counsel the masculine. And the way you do this is embrace this is stop acting like a dude when it comes to your husband. Mm. Yeah. I think this understanding of this biblical principle and not, and I think the the best thing you can do, and this is the thing we're constantly talking about on the salty pastures, take this information yes. in, yep. take what you've been told by other people, by society, by the world and go, okay, which thing is, has been more right in my life the world or the bible <laughs> and then start weighing that and then yes. start understanding what that principle looks like rolled out in your own life and i think that's going to look different slightly in every relationship right like yes this is not a call for all women to submit to all men right the the, the call to submission this is teaching is about wives and husbands wives and husbands that is the only man you have to submit to right yeah. it is not a men are better and should always be whatever. This is not what that is saying. This is saying in your relationship with your husband, what does that look like? What does biblical submission look like? And that's going to look slightly different in every marriage. It's going to look different because every relationship is unique, right? Yeah, but and it's, but see, I would, I would even, what I'm trying to say is that you're not submitting to him. Right. You're submitting to the way God designed the universe. You're submitting to the laws of the universe, which you do all the time and never think right. about it. But you're also submitting to your feminine nature. Okay. You're, sub you're being subject to how that works. You're being subject not to him, this guy, Joe, right? So God's put him in my life, and I said yes, and now I'm being tortured by Joe telling me what to do. No, 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 that's not it at all. That's not submission. What submission is is saying, this is how God's designed me, this is how God designed him, and this is what's driving him. And this is how he, and, and so I need to be aware of that and be aware of this. So being subject to is trying to see the submission that's being subject to bring about the fullness of this partnership that God desires us to have. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? That, yes, that makes much more sense. It's bigger and so much broader than, oh, I have to submit to Joe. Yes. That's not what being subject to your husband means. Okay. Because husband is, was more than just a dude, right? Right. A husband was this unique calling that's been placed on men by God. So if you're feminine in your, in your approach, you're being subjected to your own feminine desires, your own feminine capacities and skills. You're honoring yourself and you're honoring the way God wired him. Then what happens is you end up having a greater influence over him than you ever imagined because you're feminine mm. and you're walking in that. That's what I'm subjecting myself to the laws of the universe. But if you try to act like a dude all the time, you're going to have a very combative relationship because your roommates duking it out in right. a power struggle. And that's just never healthy for anybody. So talk to me, how does this discovery of this amazing concept you've laid out? And I mean, I think that short summary at the end even helped me understand it a little bit more about what you've been talking about. Yeah. How can that 
really impact the marital relationship in a practical way? Like, what are we seeing? Well, I, I think submission means I'm not going to expect the masculine to act feminine. Okay. Because I want what uh, the feminine wants to do is influence the masculine in the language that the masculine speaks. But what's really interesting, we said this earlier, is that it's really unfair to a lot of husbands because women expect men to have the same relationships with feelings that they do. Mm -hmm. But God didn't wire them that way at all. Everyone thinks submission is only needed when there is a decision to be made. This, is, this means you think in a way that is a power hierarchy. You have to think beyond that. That's why you got to wrestle with it so much because you got to basically tear off the old world, you know. But that's why Paul says it's like a it's like a bunch of wet clothes. You got to take them off in order to put on the new, right. which is being renewed. And you're going to think and experience things you never imagined. And so, submission is understanding how to develop intimacy with your husband, to be closer to him to draw out his masculine tendencies because they benefit from his masculine tendencies. It's not forcing him to act like a girlfriend. And there's a video out there that men circulate all over the place. And ladies, I'm not doing this to be cruel. I'm just trying to point out, say, why do you think this is so funny and so resonates with men across the board? Let's watch it. Well, there you go. This is a video that's been going around the internet for a few years now. And I, every guy that I know has pretty much shared it with me at some point or another over the last few years. And so the, the point is it's a very humorous thing that guys are wired a certain way. And this is really the point I would like to make, ladies, for you to consider. If you're a married woman... You have to realize that the influence of the fall, the influence of the curse, is a tendency to idealize the marital relationship. What does that mean? Well, it's an expectation that your husband is able to fulfill completely all your spiritual needs, your emotional needs, your friendship needs, your intellectual needs. That he is the cure-all and end-all of your life. This is simply false. Because uh, a flawed human being cannot be your everything. 
It just doesn't work that way. The purpose of your marriage covenant is not to have your husband fulfill all of your needs. I know that sounds like a nuclear bomb, so I'll say it again. The purpose of your marriage covenant is not to have your husband fulfill all of your needs. It is for you to figure out how to love him better. That's the covenant you took in marriage. You said, I will try to love you better. And so what it does is it changes your entire frame of reference. Instead of saying, this exists to fulfill my needs, this thing exists for me to fulfill the need of somebody else. And this is the Matthew 6.33 principle where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added on. It's like the Luke 9 passage that if you lose your life, right, you end up saving it. And it's this paradox that nobody wants to seem to realize happens in marriage. And the whole point of the marriage covenant is this, is that I have been given this to learn about what it means to be feminine and to learn these things in a way far beyond anything that I could ever imagine. And it is a path to intimacy. It is a path to having a love and an influence over your husband that no other woman has, right? You're just not one voice. You hold a place in his life that no one else could ever hold. Why? Because you've learned what it means to be feminine in his life. The beauty of learning submission is that it protects you from a frame of reference, a mental way of thinking that ends up really hurting you, hurts your husband, and most importantly, hurts your marriage. So stay away from it. And submission is the gift God gives you to figure out how to do that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I, my hope and prayer is that you will take this time to really wrestle through this and what this looks like in your life. Um, because this is not just a, I listened, now I know everything, and I'm just going to walk away and, and use it. This <laughs> yeah. is a, I need to go and spend some time working out what this looks like in my marriage or in my future marriage or whatever that might be. And men knowing what the women are, are, are struggling with and what they're dealing with is super important so that you are not adding to the problem of them wrestling, but instead being a part of the conversation of what that looks like in your marriage, what that looks like to be masculine, to be feminine. And that's part of the reason we did this series. It wasn't just for the women. It was also for the men to really understand what the women are in mm-hmm. their lives are going through daughters, sisters, wives, um, all of them are dealing with these things that we've talked about and having understanding of that and being able to support them and, and walk alongside them as they are figuring these things out is super important. So we just want to say thank you so much for going through this series, Pastor. Um, I know that it was um, a bit of a wild ride getting to this point, but I think um, it has been enlightening for everyone, and I think there's been some really great conversations that have come out of it, so we appreciate that. Thank you so much. And make sure you guys tune in next week as we kick off our brand-new series, and it's going to be awesome. But until then, have a great week. Blessings. Blessings.